Another gem. I did it, guys. Another gem from the recycle garage. Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits here at the Recycle Garage in what, what? Sunny Santa Cruz, California. Actually, it's Mike's Garage. And, and actually, it's kind of chilly today, so we're probably going to piss off the rest of the country. No, it was perfect, it was perfect. today. Perfect no, it was day. hot. Hey, in the garage, you got me. This is Eliza. What's up? Yo, yo. I, Hi. I just okay. can't do it. I'm running the board tonight. We got Douglas. No. I am the sound man. <laughs> Over in the corner, ready with some witty quote is Bagel. Hi. Instead <laughs> <laughs> of <Okay. Hey>, Charlie. <laughs> Next to that, we got Nick and Jim. <laughs> oh man, I got stories. There, there's a reason why I keep a fork in my pocket at all times. It be naked hey, you started it today. Next to me, we got Knock. Hi. Wow, Charlie, they're all stealing his. What, what do you got, Charlie? Yo, yo, motherfucker. Yeah. Oh. Hard pipe like a boss. I like it. <laughs> also, hot. everybody's feisty tonight. And riding the pretty people couch, we got Josh. Hey, I'm the best looking person here. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. True. Agreed. True. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Emma's fit. Next to that, we got Emma. No, yes, hello, everyone. Good show. Chip, chip, cheerio. Stop it. Stop it. Fucking Mary Poppins over here. Yeah, it is. Oh, fuck. It's fucking Mary Poppins. <laughs> and then we got Isaac. Hey, everyone. And who's in the peanut gallery? Hi, I'm Allison. Hey, Allison. Hey, hey Allison. Allison. Allison's our pretty girl for the night. And then sitting next, hey! sitting next to that, we've got Mike. Hey, everybody. I'm Mike. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me do something. Mike, who has not finished putting his bike back together, and is outside. Yeah, he's still he's still grinding away. He's making the lights flicker. Sorry if that affects the sound quality. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't crash. Hey, so let's get into. Did anyone get anything done today? Nope. I ate Indian food. Well, thank you for that report. I ate Taco Bell. We should uh, meet up later and compa- make, compare notes. Nick, gross. <laughs> no, 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 no. Meet up somewhere where there's one bathroom. You went there. Okay, you know what? I'm just going to go there. I just have to say, all right, so you know how some people say that um, eating asparagus makes your pee smell different? Mm-hmm. Well, this is not going in a good place. Our peach tree, all the peaches oh, are ripe, so I've been eating a lot of peaches. I have to say, my shit smells like cheap perfume. <laughs> no, perfume nonetheless, but no, cheap perfume. No, Shitty perfume? <laughs> no, it's like, as, much, as, as much like perfume as it may smell when you farted in my face today, <laughs> when you're like, looking for this engine together. Just no. Crap, I was not thinking peaches wow. and cream. She goes right up to Jim's face on the other side of the bike, and I'm helping Jim, and she pops one Aww. right there. And then she starts walking around the other side, and I get up, and she's like, what's the matter? And I'm like, it's falling. You. It's coming out of your pants right now. I had to hit him while he was down. He had just I was in the middle of putting his engine back together. I had his extra bolts. Realized he forgot to put them 
on and had to disassemble the engine, put it back. So I figured perfect time to crop dust. Yeah. But, but yeah. then <laughs> retribution. <laughs> Jim and I organized we, a, a small ballet. Now I know why you made me like, oh, just wait there. I'll be yeah. right back. Yeah, I'm like, I got her on the couch. I told Jim like, I love like, and, like an hour after that. I was like, dude, like I'll, I'll get her on the couch. And then Jim was like, I want to just strip down and come sit on her and bounce around. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll let you know like a couple minutes before I can get her on the couch to talk about the podcast. And then I stopped Liza mid-sentence, like, hold that thought. I gotta, I gotta okay. go tell and I had Jill to pee. Something. I wanted to run out and pee. No, no. I gotta tell Jim something. He comes in a couple minutes later, bouncing up and down on Liza, buck naked. Stark, raving. <laughs> I naked. loved it. I you loved your, it. I've seen your dick way too many times. Yeah, we all and have. I was no one using makes you look not good. every limb I had not cool, to try man. and strike. I was kicking and fisting and doing everything your, I could. could not get to the fork in your pocket. You know. You <laughs> no, stop. Oh, no. Now, I hate to bring the subject back to motorcycles, but Jim, what <laughs> bolts did you forget? So it was actually pretty sweet. So the so I'm, I've been <laughs> I've been putting together a, an '83 XR 350R forever, and um, it, it's it's been a learning experience, and I haven't really been in a rush to get it back together, which is good because usually I break things as I as I put it back together. Yeah, well. but I've put it back together a couple of times, taken it apart, putting it back together a couple of times, and it was originally a compression issue, so we did rings and and valves. You know, I tried to hand lap the valves, but it was difficult to do because so much carbon was on them. I could get good suction with a suction cup. Tried nonetheless, but I've put it back together a couple of times, and it'll start and run, but just low compression, so hard to start um, and takes a long time to idle. But thanks to Emma, Emma is like straightforward. Do you remember, Emma? You were all um, rings, valves, it'll fucking kick over. So I took the uh, head down, had the valves cut by this cool dude down on Soquel. Um, so put it all back together, but to bring it back to where we were at. So the big challenging thing is getting the cam chain lined up, you know, piston top dead center. Um, yeah, I helped you with that. And right, and it was really helpful. Thank you. And But I've done it enough now where it's, I can do it. I used to be like two hours. Now it's like seven minutes, right? Okay. So that's cool. So anyway, I get it all back together. Everything's lined up, putting the top of the engine on. And I look over and I'm like, oh, those are four pretty burly bolts <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> i think those go in the middle so sure enough they went in the middle so pal uh, cam comes back out and do you know take the sprocket off the cam chain all that bullshit and um yeah but there again it took me like 15 20 minutes to get it all back together again so the only bummer was i couldn't get the carb on it and actually try to kick it and start it today that would have been okay. pretty cool that'll happen next week yeah, but you know, it's a like I said, this is kind of like my nighttime college class. Instead of like paying money to Cabrillo, I sink my money into that fucking thing. Progress. <laughs> it, yep. Progress did happen, and Mike, who is chopping up his VTX, which it's 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 it, it's precision. It's, coming. it's, it's coming. precision craftsmanship. Um, <laughs> it looks way better. You mean he'll hold the grinding tool right. in your hand with no gloves and not use a table and grind with your I think it's awesome what he's doing and it's a cool idea but it was so funny today when I look over and he's standing on top of the milk crate standing on a piece of sheet metal with the sawzall cutting just free form out the seat pan <laughs> I was like awesome hey we do that stuff all the we time we did not teach him that <laughs> by the way um, we did have some uh, new people show up today. We had a bunch of new people showing up, um, but just the cutest little, just three youngins showed oh, up. Oh, they were adorable. They really were. I mean, they were, they were three Justin Biebers. Three Justin Biebers. Um, <laughs> one on oh, no. a um, 
a Harley 1200 Sportster. Sportster. He was on a 1200? That was a 1200? Jesus. Yeah. That his Man. grandfather gave him. That was a yep. 2001. That thing looked brand new. Yeah. That's rad. It was immaculate. Awesome. It was very nice. And the oh, other two were bike. on DRZs, and I was pleased to see that... You mean the rarest bike in the world? Yeah. That they were all properly <laughs> geared. No. I mean... Well, what do you mean? They had dirt gear on, yeah, but yeah. they had like jersey and, and the the pants on, but boots no pads. and the stuff. Um, they weren't wearing gardening gloves and Crocs, but they were pretty geared. And uh, they just came by to check out what was going on. Cut to like four hours later. <laughs> I just walked over the one. When I see the duct tape, you're like, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> and he had uh, looped the bike and knocked off his brake light so he had just taken a brake lock brake light off something else and duct taped it on <laughs> like no it did work no no and so after all of us were helping him and got it a new one properly mounted and i and they were running without mirrors so i sent them into the mirror bucket and pulled mirrors out so they had mirrors so yeah, they were here all day working on their bikes. It was pretty fun. Properly dicked all three of them. They within like five minutes. They did not see it happen. Yeah. The one was sweet where it was hanging off the front fender. That was like that was like pro style. Nice. Yeah, so that was fun. But it was nice to have some some uh, newbies coming by and getting their bikes. Okay, were they just were they just randos that showed up? So or, like, one of the guys, work? the guy with the black DRZ, the tall dude, he left a note on Kat's bike, on Kat's XR650R Supermoto when she was at work, saying, hey, nice bike, we should go ride sometime. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she texted him, and they said they were going out riding today and invited us along. Uh, so we, Kat and I left my house in Ziani, and uh, in Felton, sure enough, there goes a DRZ in front of us, and followed by a Sportster and a Rebel 250. I was like, I bet those are the dudes we're going to go meet right now. <laughs> sure enough, we met up down on Ocean Street at Farrell's and uh, met up with another DRZ Supermoto uh, and went for a quick ride. It was it was fun. Cool. Thank you yeah, for that ride cool, report. Um, oh, hey, let's give a ride report uh, for yesterday. Um Let's see, Isaac, Charlie, Jim, Mike, and I. Am I missing anyone? And me. And Bagel. Um, I'm not, I am purposely not including Knock at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We all went up to the city. And I'm just going to say, Knock usually isn't that guy. Usually it's Mike. But yesterday, Knock was the guy. guy. Well, Well, Mike Mike was the tire guy yesterday. I thought you guys would be gone. That's why I was like, well, it's, you know, 11. Knock was that guy who showed up late, and then when he shows up, he needs to go get gas. Yeah. And then once we waited for him to get his gas, and he realized he left his phone at home and had to go back home, and it's like, we're leaving. He was just yep. that guy. Yep. Knock, where's your phone now? I left it in San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we went up to the city. Um, there were a couple things we were doing, but one of them was really exciting. It was the reopening party for the SFMC Clubhouse. For those who may remember, um, a couple months ago, we had the SFMC guys down here talking about what a huge project it was when they had to completely gut their clubhouse. Yeah, it flooded, right? Yeah. And it flooded. They had completely to do a Completely gut. Like with sewage and, and all that kind of shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. And this entire building is all wood paneling, and it's so cool. And it has a uh, Curtis motorcycle hanging from the ceiling, and it's got a bar and pool table and couches and chairs. But the most amazing thing, I'll oh, let yeah. Isaac, what, what did you really enjoy about the SFMC clubhouse? The pool table. And Toilet seat. The Curtis. The Curtis. What about the walls? 
What a dorm. Oh, they were just covered in like what is a hundred ten, hundred eleven years of photos yeah, they're now? Founded in nineteen oh four. Yeah, nineteen oh four. So hundred twelve now. Yeah, and the the earliest pictures you've got I don't know, there's gotta be over a hundred people in those pictures. And half yeah. of them are women. Yeah, so they were the third they're the third oldest continuous motorcycle right. club. Third, really? Third oldest, they were yeah. First for some reason. No, uh someone in New York and then Oakland beat them by like a year or three years or uh, so. Oh, yeah. that's right. That's I right. thought it was just New York was earlier than them by one year. Uh no, I think it was Oakland that was just earlier. But um so they had a big party, and that was just a lot of fun because there's so much history. I know Jim and I were sitting there flipping through all these. They have yearbooks and scrapbooks and photo albums from the last hundred years. Yeah, it was uh, of it was, writing. It was cool. And big shout out to SFMC. They were super generous, great hosts. You know, we show up. They welcomed us in. Uh, they had you know f- uh, free beverages. Uh, they had food killer chili dogs music they had music guys playing music but the clubhouse the the clubhouse itself is exceptional when you go in you know i I like the stoic front it's just straightforward Mm -hmm. like like no frills just straight up like hmm okay i don't belong in there unless i belong in there nothing going on here it's just a blank painted building yeah but then you roll in and you're greeted by this beautiful tile work of their logo yeah uh, the mosaic right embedded in the the floor yeah Yeah. beautiful and as you you can just kind of go into this nice big open space you know the pool table catches your eye the little kid that was flat tracking like a yeah. boss on his big wheel around that thing <laughs> he was charging so dude so when you when you step into something like that you're like okay i'm down with this scene what you got bagel yeah i just wanted to make a quick 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 correction uh the sfmc is the second oldest motorcycle club in the united states yonkers mc is the oldest in new yeah. york founded 1903 what about oakland oakland is the third oldest founded okay. in 1907 all right um the other thing that, that I found sure. fascinating, um, when you're looking at all the old photos from 100 years ago, uh, 80 years ago, it's very family-oriented, ori- and it's almost, almost as many women as men And there were a ton of members. I mean, they had like, I would, I'm sorry right. to interrupt, but they yeah. probably had 200 members, if not more at times. And a lot of women riding, you know, yes. in their gear, as, as geared as they are in their dresses, but yeah, and riding those Indians and Harleys mm-hmm. and stuff. And That's then peculiar. there was a time... And I was trying, I was using their photo albums to try and figure out. You realize there was a time when women and biking was not something that went together. Right. And we were trying to figure out what event happened. Because then when, you know, we're going up through the 30s and 40s, it's all women. And then you get to... And they were doing cool shit. 60s and 70s, and they're on Japanese and, and uh, British bikes, and there's no women there. Well, right. choppers, right? You're like, hey, look at all the choppers. Where'd all the women go? Right. And that's, that's, the, uh, that's the shift. Because mm. motorcycling changed mm-hmm. yeah. fundamentally in the 60s. Um, Britain had a very, very different route to America, but the same change happened in Britain. Mm. And for some reason, the women, whether it went out of favor, oh. at some stage almost overnight, and yeah. I'd, I'd, go, I'd pinpointed to the mid to late 60s women became a lot less commonplace on bikes and we're coming back oh you know what i wonder if it's the war when all the dudes were gone and it's became mostly women to ride and once the dudes came back well no that was earlier that was in the 40s right but the after effect right men men wanted women to be play the woman yeah exactly well we also you know we actually had this conversation with a historian um 
you know, the SFMC, his historian sitting at the bar, who was a shout out, he was really cool. He uh, let Liza wear the, the bone. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a whole other story. But we talked to him a little bit, Liza. You remember what he Because he had looked into this yeah. as well. Yeah, like, 50, what do you say, 58? Yeah, right around. And he says a couple of things. But TV seemed like it was one of the big ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah. And could it also have an influence from, like, the, the whole Wild Ones Thing I think too. I think then. that the the after the war, the biker image turned, you know, to bad well, biker image. I, I think there was a lot, was of, a lot of, hype, of a lot yeah. of things in play. I, I think maybe we'll revisit this, Emma. Maybe you and I can look into it because yeah, I'm kind know, of fascinated. And you could see it in the photos there that all the women disappeared. So for people who think that, oh yeah, women are getting into biking, no, they used to. Oh hell yeah! Biking all the time. Something mm-hmm. happened. Yeah, I don't know. But they did a great job archiving their history up there, right? And that's that's really cool. So, or if you scene. know anything about this, email us. Yeah, but the other cool thing we did. Uh, okay, so I guess it's time we can introduce our special guest on the Pretty Boy Couch. This, we got <laughs> Josh Rasmussen. Is that right, Rasputin? Rasmussen. Well, yeah. How do you say it? Well, you can say Rasputin. Uh, <laughs> Rasmussen. <laughs> <laughs> Just put a curse on you. Um, it's Rasmussen, but Rasmussen. Jo- you get you did Josh right. That's all that matters. <laughs> Josh Rasmussen. <laughs> you are here from Bolt Motorbikes. So. Um, Bolt Motorbike. So we've talked to uh, people about how we're right in ground zero for all the electric things that are happening, technology, ingenuity. You know, we've talked about Zero and Lightning and Tesla and all, all these companies. Well, here's another player to the field. But you guys are doing it different. You guys have brought an electric moped to the market. So you want to try and explain yourself and what the hell you're doing? Yeah, no problem. <laughs> uh, don't know if I'm in trouble or if I'm explaining. Uh, <clears throat> so what we're doing is we're bridging the gap between bicycle riders and motorcycle riders, right? This is what, what small CC engines did back in the day with the with the low CC mopeds, the 50cc and 110ccs. And uh, we began to create something to solve our own problems getting around a city, right? Where uh, my co-founders, Nathan and Zach, and I were all motorcycle riders. And so... We wanted to make something that solved our own problems getting around the city, but also that anybody could ride. And you guys came out of the moped. What, what do you call? What do you call the gangs of moped people? Moped army. Yeah, well, moped yeah, army. Yeah, moped <laughs> army. Moped community. Um, yeah, Nate and Zach are creatures of the loin. Uh, yeah, there yeah. We go. <laughs> creatures. Yeah, one of your guys had a sticker on it. I'm like, hey, you're creatures. Like, no. I'm like, okay, see you later. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. So. Uh, big tinkerers and makers and we wanted to make like we said something that's accessible that anybody could ride and we engineered something from the ground up so that it fell under the electric bike class so that you don't need a license or registration or insurance to ride it um, but it's got enough power to get you up and down the hills of san francisco right so okay let's just repeat that you don't need a license to ride this and it doesn't need to be registered for the road yep however it does what 40 miles an hour yeah we have two modes we have the on-road mode and we have the off-road mode is that by you mean sidewalk yeah so yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah sidewalk or m- local mall um <laughs> uh, well the the thing about it is that with electric bikes it's a top speed of 20 miles per hour mm-hmm. and a thousand uh watts to the motor and 
we've we've programmed all of this and one of the beautiful things with electric is that you can do all of the programming of power to that motor just through software and so from a press of a button you can jump between the differentiation of a, a thousand watts to the motor all the way up to five thousand five hundred watts to the motor hmm. and so that's what we have for our off-road use is uh, 5,500 watts of the motor, top speed of 40 miles per hour. And uh, with those two modes, we can fall into the electric bike class. Very cool. Yeah. But it doesn't look like a bicycle, and it doesn't even look like a moped. No. It looks like some, like, um, Tron Age cafe racer. Yeah, it's it's gotten a lot of really cool design awards. We were nominated for the German Design Awards. We actually won GQ Magazine's Best Stuff of the Year. Oh, that's great. Wow. Yeah, we uh, we got a call. They said, "Hey, we want to bring you out." We're like, "All right, guys, how much does it cost?" Like, get out of here. You know, we're getting all yeah. these advertising stuff. They're like, no, no, we'll fly you out and we'll take pictures and it'll be great. And was it under like a category, like a certain category of stuff, or just it, stuff in general? It was called the Best Stuff of the Year. It was all these new innovations um, that came to market. And we had just entered the market in October, and yeah. in December we were named the best stuff of the year. Nice, cool. fantastic! Wow. So, Congratulations. Uh, yeah, describe the aesthetic and what influenced you, and what inspiration you guys got. Yeah, so like I said, we've got this really cool aesthetic. It's it's reminiscent to the cafe racers of the 1960s and 1970s. That's where we got a lot of our inspiration. And Nate, who's been riding for 26 years. Is um, <clears throat> a big moped guy, uh, loves his super sports. We'll, we'll ride anything from 50 cc's all the way up to 1,000 cc super sports. Cool. And right. we wanted to make something that uh, not only was fun to ride, but also that we'd like to be seen on. Right. There's, <laughs> there's like this inherent like sometimes an uncool factor. Like if you're going around and pedaling your bike, not against nothing against pedal pedaling your bike, um, but. Would, we, we said, hey, let's make something that we would want to, we would feel cool on. You know, when, when we were hanging out, and thank you for being so generous about your space and your shop, it was really cool. But you guys were, su- you were super generous. But that was one of the concerns that dude that was in there. We were all chilling. We were all like had all our biker shit on and everything, and and we were tripping on him. But that was the one kind of the one question he asked me. He's like, basically, if you saw me on this. Would you think I was cool or a fool? And um, and I was like, dude. I, first of all, I'd be like, fuck you. I don't care what you think. But secondly, <laughs> it's really cool because it's a mm-hmm. cool looking machine. But I just want to throw that out there because it is cool looking. But it's it's very very easy to just dismiss how your bike looks. Oh, it really doesn't matter. But if you've got a bike that rides well, that does everything well, and it's just so unspeakably ugly, and you're embarrassed to be seen on it. It ain't gonna fly. It's like a and katana. I, yeah, I've seen these bolts. They're great looking bikes. Well, let's get into because there's form and there's function. Um, and when you're giving us a tour, I was really kind of impressed by the function and how much y'all have created on your own. You're not just sourcing parts out of China to assemble something. Um, so let's talk a bit about like your batteries and your controller, which is really, and your motors. You want to talk about what you're using there? Yeah, so um, like I said, we engineer these things from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And in doing that from a ground up redesign aspect, you can do a lot of really cool things. So um, <clears throat> as an example, we're our sixth generation bike. And, and by the way, Naked Jim, that guy ended up buying which is totally cool. Thank nice. you. I, I got to give you. I got to oh, give you, you props. Did he? Yeah. Because ba- basically, what I told him, I said, "Yeah, you look fucking a cool on this thing." <laughs> I mean, I can park it on the sidewalk, and I don't need a license plate. Dude, he felt he felt so cool, and the and the reaction we get is all is almost 
all the same. People people are like, that is so much fun. Smiles from ear to ear. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Captain America vibe you got going on that thing, that fucker, <laughs> that, that sells the bike. You see that shit? You're like, yes. Yeah, we had uh, we had those uh, American flag aesthetics on those batteries. And so uh, it was really interesting because the first generation bikes we had, we were using uh, lithium-ion drill batteries as, yeah. as, the, uh, as the power source. We were taking six lithium-ion drill batteries and placing them in series oh, wow. to, to get us a couple miles and we charge for a couple hours and yeah. start all over again. Hey, Liza, tell them the, your favorite part about the uh, oh, the, on the, 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 the instrument cluster yeah, on yeah, the original? Yeah, on the original bike that you had there, the voltmeter. <laughs> yeah. like 1953. Dashboard on the dashboard. Yep, totally. That was so cool with the little red needle going up. Got it off an old Russian battleship or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's probably what it was. Dude, you should bring it back. It'll be all retro. Oh, totally. <laughs> or we can just put something in the mobile app just to, to make you have the retro feel with like the new school technology. Right. Yeah. So it was it was really funny because that was one of the ways we were doing it. We were riding it. We were taking all of the schematics and all the all of the ride data and bringing that back to figure out, hey, what are the what's the batteries? What's the characteristics of these batteries we're looking for? And after a certain point in time, we're like, okay, we know now. And uh, Nate Nate was actually one of the engineers at Zero Motorcycles. He brought their uh, or he assisted in bringing their production from one bike a week to four bikes in a day. Mm-hmm. And as he was working on that, um, we looked for batteries out there that were off the shelf that we could put on the bike. We realized there's nothing out there that would be able to to handle the type of speed and performance and range we're looking for. So we started to make our own. Yeah, and weight too, right? Yeah. Um, so we we built our own, and today we now build our own batteries from the cellular level using... Uh, cell technology that allows our batteries to be 100% recyclable mm. because every battery since the dawn of time will die and there's this nasty toxins and and um, other like uh, bad things that we see where we see like graveyards like uh, the size of a football field that are full of dead batteries yeah, like, yeah lead acid battery yeah. graveyards yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, people are like oh yeah it's lead acid it's totally cool I'm like no it's disgusting you don't want that between your legs like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and now we can move at the speed of cell tech because we are advancing our batteries so much more um, it's a really cool thing and our batteries are now almost can you explain what that means cell tech yeah um so in a battery, it's comprised of a series or a, an array of cells set into series, and the thing is, is that these cells we use a twenty six six fifty form factor. It's this little cylindrical cells. They look like C sized batteries. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, with these cells, the the advancements in cellular technology in terms of like batteries are around like chemistries or in energy density, where a group out of let's just say it's santa cruz could say hey we've created a lithium iron phosphate cell that is a smaller form factor like an 18650 but it has 20 percent more energy density in it got it from whatever process that they use now in batteries today what ends up happening is like a, a bosch or or a, a I don't know. Let's just say a Tesla. He has this has this new uh, uh, battery that comes out, but it's only out every year. And you go buy it off the shelf. You can put it on your bike or whatever. Um, I guess Tesla wouldn't matter in this. Uh, but you go buy it off the shelf, and essentially, it takes them six months, maybe nine months, to get the production and distribution all out for those new batteries. And at that time, they're six to nine months behind. Mm-hmm. And so we can move and continue to advance leaps and bounds because we actually own that technology on the inside. Okay, that's awesome. And the other thing I love about your batteries, because that's the most expensive thing on the bike. You don't want to leave those on a bike when you're like parking in the city. What do you do? 
simple. You just remove them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just pull up a lever, and your batteries eject right out. And, and we built these things because it was solving our own problems in the city. And uh, Nate's R1 got stolen. My Ducati got stolen. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are 400-pound motorcycles. These aren't 150-pound electric bicycles. And so we said, hey, if we're going to put these out on the road, let's make sure that the expensive parts are, are able to be... Uh, taken inside and on top of that not everybody has a garage so you can charge your batteries inside and it plugs into any standard outlet it can be charged on the bike or off the bike and you just plug it into any standard 110 outlet and five hours later and only 21 cents you're at a full charge and this is a clever part about the battery removal it's it's somewhat keyed to the dash right or to your phone so you can't just pull it out you got to be an authorized user to do this yeah how, did that, how does that work because i saw you demonstrating it yeah so one of the things when we were <laughs> when we were first starting uh the the process we were like okay we we had a key that you would just put in and you would unlock the mechanism and lift it up and then as time went on and we improved the aesthetic that key went away and you could just lift this lever and and one of our riders and and ourselves said hey like what happens if someone just walks up and pops this thing open and we're like oh well i guess we should probably make that a little safer so You're like we, like that motherfucker just did wait <laughs> yeah. get him <laughs> yeah um let's come back with those batteries and so uh we we created this thing we call the jibisol and uh it stands for <laughs> gravity biased solenoid actuated lever latch it's this oh, show off <laughs> yeah it's not mine it's neat it took him it took him a week it's a to magnet. Come up, it took him a week to come up with that that's the acronym but i love it and uh essentially what it is is you you have to be an authorized user in other words you have the mobile application you've pressed go on your phone it knows it's you or you've entered in your own passcode into the dash um, and or uh, inputs from the handles that says like hey this is also you once the bike is turned on and it's verified that's you that latch becomes unhinged and now you can lift up that lever Via otherwise, solenoid yeah right. otherwise well, yeah. you can't otherwise it's it's locked you can't lift it up and your batteries are safe in there that's interesting cool. yeah because that was part of your whole key philosophy like keys are our last month yeah you know, keys are so 2015 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. kind of funny uh, really funny story i was uh spending some tar- time with uh, mark fennigstein at ulta mm-hmm. and yeah, we had him here it, they're just down the street oh, and, okay and we just implemented the jibisol <clears throat> i didn't know about it nate put it on and like overnight because we'll work till two three in the morning and sometimes it's just like at, at three in the morning it's like gets done and so I go down and, and I see them. I'm like, hey, yeah, guys, we're like, we're up the street. Like, this is awesome. And we're all hanging out. I'm like, plus the batteries are removable. And I like <laughs> pull the lever. It's locked. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, dude, I'm like, it's a prototype. You know, <laughs> Mark and his guys are down there just watching me like freaking yoink at this thing. The, it's not a bug, it's a feature. Like, yeah. Sure, <laughs> moped boy. <laughs> like, yeah, well done. Yeah, totally. Impressive. Um, and now we, now it's so funny because we're, we're, we're producing these things out of the labs in Brisbane and and when we're doing demo rides. We'll ride right by Alta and always wave while we're riding by because yeah, because yeah, you're like patented motherfucker. Yeah, and, yeah. Any, and anybody can ride, right? Like yeah. we yeah. we love that. Like you don't have to come in with a license and and you can be a, a never ride a powered two wheeler. Like this guy yesterday had never ridden a powered two wheeler before. Oh, really? Because he told me he rode a while back. He said 20 years, and I told him to tell yeah. me the truth. Well, and just so people <laughs> get an idea of how old your company is, how long have you guys been? building these so um six and a half years ago we started the process and how many are in the field right now so we've got over a dozen in the field right um and we're ramping up to do 20 bikes in september which is really why nate and some of the other engineers weren't here this weekend they're they're going to be in china 
looking at some of the manufacturers for the next three weeks doing all the interviews. It's nice to see all the marketing slicks and say like, here's going to be. And it's like people in hazmat suits and like really clean facilities. And you go there and you're like, uh-uh. Right. So for no. people who haven't heard of you, this is why you're you're about to because you guys are you're busting at the seams. You're you're popping no, right this, now. Yeah, because I checked yeah. you guys out online. You know, just to you know before we you know made the write up and had heard about it and and I'm like, oh, those look pretty cool. But but after visiting them and really after just after writing it, I was like, these things are are brilliant. And then when you talk about you know you've you've touched on a little bit, but just the whole interface and that 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 end of the technology that that I think we only scratched the surface of the other day and I think all of this is in its infancy but it was just flat out fun to ride and it's so versatile and easy to own and maintain it's like a no-brainer I mean right. it's killer what maintenance all right <laughs> brass tacks here what are the specs rattle off some specs that we could always awfully obviously could look at your website but what do we got going here what are the specs on your bike yeah so let's just talk like high-end specs um, sure. so <clears throat> it's a we say 25 to 35 miles of range in the city. This is testing 250 pounds stop-and-go traffic in San Francisco, right? 250 pounds, that's with a person and the bike. No, obviously. it's a person and uh, that would be, that's a person and oh, yeah. extra yeah. stuff. Right. Uh, the bike's 150 pounds. Right. It's like 100, 100-pound person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you don't have like Gino. You're like, hey, Gino, <laughs> right. for a test ride. Who's the lightest person we know? We need you to test this thing. Um, <clears throat> and and we, we want to make sure people are aware. It's 25 to 35 miles and... Uh, in in San Francisco, we ride for three hours, sometimes four hours, and we still have like twenty five percent battery left. I mean, you you can cover a lot of distance and not even realize like that you're riding for that long a period of time. Yeah. Um, the other thing about it is it only costs twenty one cents to charge. So you do that on a on a motorcycle um, or a moped, and that's great. Like you get some great you get some great gas mileage, but at the end of the day, it's still. Ten percent the cost. We got to get this yeah. thing on the Vetter Challenge. What's uh, we got a Vetter Challenge? You no, on the ten but two hundred first. Let's uh, let's see if they can do ten. What's the horsepower equivalent of, of that bike? Yeah. Say, what's so in so in sport mode we have it's the equivalent of a one ten cc gas bike. Okay. And the cool part about it is is when we talk about this is that uh, it's electric. So you have full torque at zero it's RPMs. Yep. Yeah. But hey guys, by the way, this is electric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wheel size 17, 17 which is a nice touch. Right. What I, I felt 17 inch wheelbase. It's our wheel size. It's the most common wheel size on the planet, yeah. uh, mostly because it it mimics the wheel size of the Super Cub, which is the most popular vehicle in history. Yeah, and you modeled that bike kind of like the Super Cub in terms of rake trail and all that, right? So it's a familiar feeling machine. Yeah, it's, except for that frame. Oh yeah, yeah, that, the, yeah, that frame, that frame though. Frame though. Yeah, we actually we we modeled our frames off of some um, uh, old pooks and and began to modify and now we have mm-hmm. our our frames made for us custom and they come in um, like with this beautiful powder coating um, and they're bead blasted and great quality and and we build everything up from this uh, motor mount and then we place the frame in and then it blossoms. We have this epic stop motion video on YouTube that you just see this thing kind of bloom like a flower was as Nate's building it. Well, and it makes sense because you have that frame, which is just a single tube that's uh, upside down arch, shall we say, and it makes it narrower for the pedals because you got to remember there are pedals on this thing, mm-hmm. which... Are they? I, I didn't really use because <laughs> my <laughs> because legs do why? not bend that much. <laughs> so these these pedals are they like in a fixed? Uh, well, they got to have a, a one way like bearing or, or stopper on them. But are, are they geared at all? So like the, what's the like if you're pedaling at a pretty good 
clip, what's the speed on that? So the pedals ultimately end up not doing anything after five miles an hour. No, they, they confuse the shit out of you when you're having a great time and you're going downhill and you're like, <laughs> this thing goes pretty good. And then you're like, oh, there's a there's a left-hand turn all of a sudden and I'm having too much fun to think about what I'm doing and what do I do with the pedal all of a sudden? Because yeah. it's here and it's there and it's all over the place. Yeah, uh-huh. totally. Like the like the mopeds back in the day or still today, I mean, they've got pedals. And one of the things is, uh, as part of the electric bike classification, you need to have uh, functional pedals. Right. And we look at the pedals for, for three reasons. One, rule number one, you've got to put your feet somewhere so that's a good spot um rule number two is that if you do run out of batteries and and we had during testing um and 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 even outside of testing we ran out of batteries and we can pedal them um and the third is it allows us to break this into the electric bike class so we can begin to introduce this to people who've never seen themselves as uh motorcycle or moped riders before Mm -hmm. and about 50 percent of our riders have never been on a powered two-wheeler before we're taking so much non-powered two-wheeler virginity it's freaking awesome that's great that's That's cool and we even put micah on it charlie how did she do on it was she comfortable she liked it i mean she had she had some she went to Hollister. she did some greens and stuff like that on the dirt bike but she liked how easy it was compared to having to worry about clutch and all that stuff twist and go yep yep mm-hmm. and how did you like the test ride charlie i liked it did, it did you how do you handle that left hand uh, turn that none of us were prepared for i kept it pinned <laughs> no, I was gonna ask. You had to have you scraped something. I know you. No, I well, I, I leaned off all the way and I just took the turn. I, nice. I want. I, I was prepared for it because everyone was like, "Oh man, that turn's coming up." I'm like, "I'm gonna take that turn." You're kind of flying <laughs> down the hill, like I was getting in a full tuck. I want to see how much speed I can get on this thing. Well, I got it to 41. What'd you get? Oh uh, well, I found that in a full tuck, I could get it to about 39.4, and if I just sat. Upright, it went to like thirty nine point one, which meant my my tuck don't do shit. <laughs> it was it was thirty nine point four most of the way, and I got to forty one just for a second. <laughs> you know that's what was Mine. trippy about it was like there's this small super light bike, and you're going forty miles an hour and not really doing anything. You're and it's it's twisting. like right before it's trippy where uh, wind resistance would really start to kick in. So yeah. it's a good smart move. Making it not go any faster than that, because anywhere else, faster, I, you're just burning batteries up it, way too quick. It's funny, it really I didn't feel that fast. I, I was having so much yeah. fun. I didn't even look at the at the instruments. I, I forgot, like, oh, how fast? I'm like, I forgot to even look because I was just like, this is so much fun. <laughs> I was you, I was cackling the whole time. Oh yeah, you're talking to yourself <laughs> and shit. You're all yeah. illegal, you know? yeah. I was like, this is all I know is Jim passed a car. <laughs> that's right. That's how I roll. You really got to get a mic in the tester helmets. <laughs> oh, totally, man. Totally. Well, I'm really. Sorry, I missed this expedition yesterday. I had to work, but it sounded like a lot of fun, and we appreciate you coming down and talking about it. Yeah. yeah. Bagel, now I want to ask you, because, Bagel, you're a geek about electric vehicle mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. And since we got a tour of the factory and got to ride it, what were some of the highlights for you? Did anything stand out? Well, I, I really enjoyed getting the, the look behind the scenes uh, at how you're doing everything, how you're building things, how the bike has evolved over time, too, from the previous designs. Uh, that was that was really cool. Um, and it was it was great to be able to ride it because, you know, I'm, I'm very excited about new electric electric technology that's coming out for bikes. And this this seems like one that that really has uh, has some serious potential. And, uh, you know, I, I would definitely like to see uh, see some more of these out on the road for sure. Oh yeah, we'll build a small army. Yeah, definitely. So your your main your main uh, customer base right now. You're advertising to folks in San Francisco, but are you shipping? Or do you have plans to expand once it 
picks up and everything. I'm sure you guys have some kind yeah, of... Yeah, where are you selling and how are you selling? <clears throat> yeah, seriously. Um, so we're selling across the United States, uh, even internationally. We've, we've got international orders that will go out in 2018. We have people already lining up for international orders, um, places like Paris, London. These are individual... These people, are individual or are these people, and then businesses who want to start carrying your so your products. So, with on the business side, people are reaching out from these other countries, but it's like that's so far in advance. It's yeah, like, right. okay, do I do I spend the time now, or do I just wait till later in 2017? Um, so, it's, it's primarily people. Uh, right now, we're selling across the United States, but our main focus is the Bay Area and the broader West Coast. So that's where you've built the the machine to. Go ahead and service and support. Yeah. yeah, so we signed into into um, contract with the largest electric bike uh, dealer in the West Coast, and then we just signed on a, a partner in Honolulu to sell the bikes because very good. It Honolulu would do, it would do well. Yeah. It would do well there too. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So something I found uh, impressive is because um, I always thought that the the law to have something that didn't need to be registered was forty nine cc's or less. Um, but it sounds like you not only found the loophole, you you made the loophole bigger in your favor <laughs> by saying that yeah, but guys, forty nine cc's won't get up our hills in San Francisco. Yeah, it was it was actually uh, Scoot Networks, and and we're friends with them. They're they're great people. They they began to push legislation around the fact that like. 49 cc's won't get up a hill in san francisco mm-hmm. and uh they began to get around some of the some of the laws one of the other things that scoot was able to do is that they don't require a license or they don't require a license either so real quick so we can say because uh, i just learned about scoot yesterday scoot is in san francisco and it is scooters that are part of a ride share kind of like zip cars or, or with scooters or like the uh the electric what's, what's like the city, the, the, bikes, city bikes yeah but that anyone can log you know log it out and use it yep so that's cool yeah it was super cool they're 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 doing they're good doing good stuff uh it was funny because remember we talked to them and we'd see these these bikes trying to serpentine up a hill because they couldn't have they didn't have the power <laughs> right. to actually get up yeah. the hills. they'd get a sail come up and catch, the, catch a breeze <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um now they're pushing the power limit a little bit and uh they were, they were able to find a loophole too they essentially you don't need to have a have a license for theirs because uh, as long as you, as long as you're renting it, and you don't own it for more than two days or more than forty-eight hours. Uh, you don't have to go and register and do all the other oh, stuff wow. too. For so, their. interesting. Is all yeah. this apply in just San Francisco, in California, nationwide? How's this work? So right now, I believe it's California. Okay. Uh, federal level is a little different, uh, and it, and e-bike and scooter and moped laws vary state by state. Yeah. Right. Uh, so the call new in. technology too. It's yeah, exactly. Evolving faster than the legislation can keep up. And you got to push the envelope. I mean, the key is is that if you're doing it, if you're doing it right, we talked about this yesterday. If if you're if you're being responsible in your innovation and you're making real meaningful change that's going to help decongest roads, improve air quality, uh, give people more time back in their lives so that the local economy can be more productive, like that's a huge win, right? Why would you want to slow that down? And we've positioned ourselves pretty well to do that. All right, let's just uh, rip the Band-Aid off. How much does it cost? Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what a great Band-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone wants to know how much does it cost. Oh, and- totally. So so the bikes are 5995 so right mm-hmm. around six grand. Um, and the thing that we love about that is that it's this really cool platform. The, the batteries themselves are around $1,800. Right. And as time goes on, <clears throat> battery technology and cell technology, like we talked about earlier today, 
is going to advance. And so in three years, whenever you want to improve your bike, you just buy a new set of batteries. You don't have to get like a whole new uh, bike or like in our case as motorcycle riders, like if I want to step up in power, I got to go buy a whole new motorcycle. So the power is coming from the battery and not the motor, right? Yeah, batteries okay. are, the batteries are bringing uh, all that information, putting it to the controller. The controller is mm-hmm. telling how much to put to the motor. So um, that's something that I think uh, for a lot of our listeners, it, it's you have to wrap your head around the fact when you're looking at electric vehicles, the price difference, you get sticker shock. But you have to factor in the low maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, the, well, obviously, no fuel costs, um, but then also something like to do a overhaul or replacement of parts to upgrade. Go try and put a new engine in your SV650. Ask Mike <laughs> about that, how that went. Yeah. And he put a used one in on eBay. Now we're talking about a, a new one you can get. So potentially when you're getting into an electric vehicle, you this thing could last forever and you can continually right. upgrade it as the technology keeps getting it improved yeah but, with and it's simple to do but i don't know we rode in the summertime it gets awfully wet and rainy in san francisco so you know what about the weather yeah we talked about that um <clears throat> so one of the cool things about our batteries is they work underwater Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Just when you thought it was cool, that comes out. (laughs) If you have an Olympic sized swimming pool motocross track in your backyard, (laughs) (laughs) but but I bet if you go fast enough and have the right tires, you might be able to skip across it. That's exactly right. (laughs) Yeah, that's why you always need two of these things. Yeah, we'll build some fins on the back tire just to get some extra traction. (laughs) We'll we'll, we'll put a ski thing on the front. (laughs) So you. You hear that, people in the Pacific Northwest? This thing was made for you. (laughs) I'm going to throw an idea out here. You might like it, Josh. You might not. Among many of the jobs I've done in the past, I drove for Greyhound. And Greyhound owns a lot of buses. But they don't own a single wheel or tire. They Mm. lease them. Huh. Every single Greyhound on the road leases wheels and tires from Goodyear. Huh. And... At any major uh, Greyhound facility, there's a Goodyear guy who'll change the wheels and tires on your bus. So we have a $6,000 motorcycle of which the battery is 1800 bucks. Do you ever see a stage at some stage in the future where you just buy the bike and maybe lease the battery just like you would with a cell phone and you get an upgrade every year, every two years to the latest technology because it sounds to me like your bike technology, your chassis technology and your engine technology is there. All we're waiting on is this constant update of battery technology. So why buy them? Lease them. That's a horrible question. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a great question. You know, I was going to ask the same thing. Thanks, Emma. (laughs) Yeah, we, we think about those things all the time, right? We, yeah. We're coming up with something new. There's so many things we can do to to get bikes out there and make it more accessible to people. Um, something like a, a, a uh, where you buy the platform and lease the batteries would be something that could be feasible in the future when we know the speed of right. our advancements in tech. So, and obviously in a metropolitan area, I mean, certainly San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, these are the places that you could do it and you could have all these places you just basically hot swap the batteries hot swap the battery and then just get you know you know that if you're going to 
certain place in town. Yeah, and you really give your customers something to look forward to. Josh right, is right. like, yeah, I'll be stoked be when you can go into like, oh, it's only six more months till I get my new battery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, see? But it would be cool to think about Josh seeing his company. You can go to an Ace Hardware, switch out batteries like, like that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm that thinking. That type of scale. Yeah, yeah, never get caught with a dead battery. You just, boom. And, so, and we think about this as like, think of the gas station of the future, right? Like yeah. today, the Tesla Model S, it, we, we laugh about this statistic, but a Hummer racing a Tesla Model S at 70 miles an hour from San Francisco to LA, the Hummer will beat the Model S. Mm-hmm. And it will beat it by about 25 minutes because it takes five minutes to fill up the Hummer. It takes 30 minutes at a minimum to fill up the Model S at the supercharged station. And so the the speed to full is what we've coined it at, at Bolt mm-hmm. is a big barrier to people where it's yeah. like, yeah. okay, I've got to wait a half hour to fill my Tesla batteries up to go 80% at 80% charge or whatever that number is. And that's great. But if instead you could just swap the batteries out and now yeah. you get a full charge, you'd be great. All right, Josh, I'll tell you what I was most impressed with. Um, you may want to uh, unzip your pants now. I'm about to start stroking. No problem. Zip. Um, Join the club. Gross. <laughs> You're disgusting. You're a disgusting person. Hey, knock. I don't, have you seen this? the man with a dick three inches from his head. Right. Um, it's okay. totally true. There's a dick three inches from his head. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll well, be Josh honest, has I, a scrotum right above his, so. No. <laughs> I, I thought that the... What are, are we calling it? A motorbike? A moped? Motorbike. motorbike. I thought that the motorbike was cool. It looked cool. It's not for me. I don't have a use for it. I've got an Elite 150. Nice. I can get around. Yeah. Um, but so, smug. <laughs> <laughs> so smug. See how she's not mentioning the 250? <laughs> or the other 150. Um, but I'll tell you what I was really impressed with, that you guys have a product. Uh, you have found a niche to put it in that no one else has done. I was talking to you yeah. about how we know that there's electric cars of all different sizes and speeds, and we know that there's electric bicycles, and there's electric scooters, and there's electric motorcycles but nobody's found this niche of making something that looks rad like any biker or non-biker goes that looks cool anyone can recognize that's cool i want to be seen on it um but not just that you guys really know what you're doing with Mm -hmm. your company with your product um with your innovation the fact that you guys say let's just make our own batteries or the fact that you're constantly trying to improve something you know you can create something to make it better and make it cool um uh i was thinking sorry can i no i'm not done stroking all right okay no i was gonna help yeah no no no. i i was really impressed i really believe that you guys are gonna see this through in a time when you have companies like scully that came out with a product that everyone was excited for. It had so many backers who wanted to pre-purchase and uh, a product that everybody wanted, yet by, it seems, mismanagement, um, they fell apart. Where you guys seem to be really clicking and humming and making things happen. 
You want to do the last stroke? He's about to come. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, I think yeah. it's a family show. Don't, God damn don't it! Put it in those terms. That's critical. Nice no, guy with glasses on. I've too. got this one more. Be... <laughs> the, the thing I'm <laughs> most Im- the thing I'm most impressed about. He's got such a great complexion. I'm <laughs> He's got great this skin. Is, really. Okay. Show, show me your guns. No, show me your guns. He's Come very on. well groomed. You know how like okay, this is kind of. <laughs> oh, Sorry, go ahead, Nock. I'm just gonna stop and just wait for a second. <laughs> Are you close? Say multiplication in your head. Okay, you know how like uh, think about cleaning a car. A digital portable music player is kind of like kind of known as an iPod, irrespective of what brand. Is like a frisbee, is a throwing disc. I'm thinking like maybe you could be what an electric moped is. You, it's an M1. Is it's that an a M1? Motorbike. Yeah. The, yeah, you know, it could be that brand name uh, or that just brand bolt. item thing. Yeah, a bolt. It's not a bolt. It's like it's like calling it a coke, but like you're getting a Fanta in certain parts. But it's of like country, a four you know? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Well, so. that's the thing. Like before, think of iPods. Yeah, right? iPods. Like before that, the the market had already said, "Hey, this is this is a viable market, right?" There was Sony MP3 players, yeah. there was Zoom. Samsung MP3, yeah, right. the Zoom, um, and we know that the market's validated. It's already there, yeah. uh, and so we can very much so bring something that has the design aesthetic and technological advancements to the table so we can be coined as like hey that's a bolt we have people who are riding in like Houston we have one bike in Houston mm. and we'll get emails or phone calls or text messages mm-hmm. with someone being like dude I just saw a bolt and I'm like that's that's Brian because there's only one bolt in right. Houston <laughs> <laughs> tell Brian I say hi so nice. cool. another thing that I was really impressed with can I talk about the secret attachment thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah okay so um so Doug since you weren't there I'll explain so you uh-huh. have this uh the frame which is a what is it a two two and a half two and a quarter inch tubing what is that right two, and a half? two and a half two and a half inch tubing and it comes up underneath the seat and it's just open at the very end uh-huh. okay so he's they've made a prototype it doesn't exist yet a prototype if you want to put a tail case on this bike Think of just a uh, metal dowel uh-huh. with a rack mounted on it that you just slide into the butt of the frame. Yeah, the frame's like a receiver. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like a receiver hitch. electric hitch. bike as a tailpipe. He said butt. <laughs> yeah, and so when I just see things like that, how simple it was, right, how yeah. few parts it was, that you can just slide it, it into the receiver and like, ah, these guys are on it. <laughs> yeah, You're jealous because cool. you wish you thought of it? You could that? put like an extra, yeah. extra gas tank back there. Gas for what? (laughs) Oh, to go rescue all your friends who run out of gas? Uh, (laughs) To rescue your Harley riders. Yeah. So I'm curious to see once these bikes are all hitting the ground and getting those numbers out, that then when you start following up with more, you know, accessories and new bikes, I just can't wait to see what you guys come up with. Oh, totally. And we can even open it up, right? I mean, we're a huge community. We're we're moped riders. We're motorcycle riders. and we're tech enthusiasts, so we could just say like, "Hey guys, uh, there's this receiver. Here's how it works, um, and here's the basic components to go ahead and uh, place the the input and make whatever accessory that you would like." And we'll we'll put it out there. We'll choose the top five, and we'll just go fabricate it. I want yeah. a boss flamethrower, yeah, like shoot out like a five foot diameter, <laughs> thirty foot flame out the back. That's what I want. But it's electric. It has to be like a, like a giant like taser or something. <laughs> a giant taser. How many uh, USB ports on that thing? 
Actually, yeah, it has one 12. USB port. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, it has one USB one port. USB, okay. Um, <clears throat> we're pushing 1.68 kilowatt hours of energy in our batteries. I mean, it's enough to power yeah. a yeah. thousand cell phones. Yeah, we kind of touched on this a little bit, was uh, making certain things open source, either the controller or the software and possible future for you guys or it's something that you guys considered I, I, from what I understand this is something that, that's on the table yeah uh, we we know that bringing a group of our team is 11 but bringing a group of 11 highly innovative hard-working guys and gals together is is tough in and of itself sure mm-hmm. um, and we we feel <laughs> we feel we have great ideas right but like it's like oh how about this idea and then we're like no yeah um, but if you bring it out to the whole the whole world and say like hey get creative you you'd be surprised we have we get we get fan mail with people who drew who draw the m1 and like add like a little piece of flair like (laughs) whatever it is right a little curl on the tail totally totally or like a little flame on the side of the battery or like a a windshield (laughs) some tassels (laughs) you got to send one of those over to the corbin factory see where they come oh yeah oh nice yeah Yeah, definitely and uh, one thing i was wondering if if you're if you're willing to, to talk about it all, do you have plans for the future? Where what direction you're going to go in with the M1? Yeah, so we look at we look at the M1 as the as the first of many product lines we're going to push out. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of a lot of companies and our competitors in reality like have they've got like this electric bike and they're like, oh well, what are you going to do for the next generation? And they're not worried about that. We're we're building a platform that allows us to validate additional technology and iterate faster and and better than anybody else. And so with the M1, the ultimate goal is is to take all that feedback from what we've coined as the Bolt family, the people who are our buyers, mm-hmm. um, and we get all that feedback from the Bolt family to go ahead and drive new innovations that no one's ever really thought of before. And the tough part is, <clears throat> no one MP3 players back in the day bringing it back, like. Those did just fine. It wasn't until the iPod came out that someone was like, "Holy fuck, that's really cool!" Like, I, I want that one. That, that one Apple so much... marketing, though. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's good marketing, but it's great design. Yeah, yeah, and it was very user friendly. Totally. Okay, so now that people are listening and they want to check this thing out, where do they go to do that? Yeah, so uh, our, our website is www dot, of course. Uh, boltmotorbikes.com B-O-L-T-M-O-T-O-R-B-I-K-E-S and I spelled that right? Yeah, if okay. they are in the uh, <laughs> Bay Area or are coming to the Bay Area and want to check it out they can contact you there? Yeah, they can go straight through uh, the Bolt Motorbikes website. If you're from the Bay Area we just send you a calendar and it shows you all the open slots. You just press what you want. Nice. And uh, not only that, we actually we we allow you to bring some friends too. Like you, like yesterday, it was like Mob your eight people. <laughs> yeah, like a small army. Yeah, we, the bolt we totally bum rushed you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm like, there's Liza. Oh, and and okay, that's six, seven, yeah. eight. Um, the test course you made us run was great too because it was just like San Francisco Hills is long and sweepy, and you know. It showed off the power of the bike. An well, open road. And open road, yeah. And, and there were some nice views. And only had yeah. one curve that could kill you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the fact that the only people that ever crash on the thing are... Motorcycle riders. Yeah. 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 Trying to get goose it, huh? Yeah, they're trying to they're trying to push it to the limit. We we push it to the limit. Our bikes have been dropped and kicked and even had one of them run over and we had it up and running later that afternoon. And so they're they're big and burly and and we really just love sharing our passion. But one of the things even in the in the demo ride request we say, Hey, describe the M one in one sentence. 
Yeah. And we have we have over 1800 demo requests from around the world of people who want to ride this bike. We have hundreds of demos on this bike. Cool. And nice. Not only that, but we have all these data points of people who are like sex on wheels, like <laughs> 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 the Tesla of motorbikes, right? All these things that come out and this is something like that goes back to the crowdsourcing. Some of the great marketing ideas we come up with are just from people who are like, you know what, this drives something in me creatively that I want to just go ahead and share. And we can say, that's really freaking cool. We should totally jump in and use that. Stolen. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Well, I appreciate you having us up for do, doing the yeah, test rides and then coming down that. here to do this podcast. Yeah, this is an awesome spot. This is very cool. Um, hold on one second. Knock is writing something secret down. Later? Oh. Should we do that later? Yeah, let's do that, let's later. Do that later. Let's do that later. It's because, about you. Oh, hey, no. later. hey oh, everyone. No. Guess what time it is. Time, time for the Craigslist Porn Pick of the Week. Finally. So for Josh, since you don't know what the hell is happening right now. <laughs> uh, every week uh, we find a, we call it the Craigslist Porn Pick because, you know, we all go and look at porn, motorcycle ads, and we find something that's under $500 that we think's you know, a good deal. And I have a feeling Emma is about to tell me if it is a good deal or not. <laughs> She's already thinking no. She's like, nope. <laughs> I can no, see through the paper. That's deal. either a scooter or a Honda S2. All right, hold on. I'm going to tell you how much it is. $300. Okay. Mm. For a 2006... Suzuki Bergman 650. Oh. I'm going to stop you there. No I'm going to stop you there. <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's for $300. Well, what's right with it? There's, there miss, they miss what's the left zero. of it for $300? It's a Bergman what, what size? <laughs> $300. Bergman 650. Right, right, right. Keep going. That can't okay. be right. Hold on, hold on. Salvage title, no key. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um... The bike started before the key was lost. <laughs> Ranwin Park. <laughs> Ranwin Park. <laughs> However, it does not engage into gear and move. Run away. Run away uh, quickly. So, unfortunately, they bought this at an auction and right. were shown well, that it was running. Hang yes. on a minute. But they didn't see it moving. Hang. So, they're trying to get their money back out of this thing. <laughs> what are they talking about? It doesn't go into gear because luck. Bergman's are automatic scooters, are they not? Right. Right. Yeah. So, that's why I wanted to ask uh, Emma. So, they have the paperwork for it. Right. Um, and the key, I mean, you can get around getting the key, but yeah, they're key. like, this thing doesn't go. Right. So they're like, we just want it gone. Okay, so there's there's a couple of things going wrong here. Can I see the ad? Yeah. Um, the Bergman, the whole Bergman family was something of an ego trip for Suzuki. Hmm. Wow. That looks like a cop bike. <laughs> I th- so I thought it was one of the SD1300s the cops ride in San Yeah, it, it is exactly what it looks like. But, you know, it, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's something more to this than meets the eye because it's pictured in a yard with a load of other bikes that are in states of disrepair. So I'm kind of thinking that, that this may be the auctioneers. Oh, the auctioneers, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, I'm seeing an old CX500 and a Goldwing and God knows what. Um, it was something of an ego trip for Suzuki. So what they did, they put every item of electrical trickery on this thing they possibly mm. could. Mm. And it's now 10 years old. Something may have gone wrong. There's an interlock on it. Um, parts bike, I think. 
And if somebody has a Bergman 650, it'd be a fantastic parts so bike. So why wouldn't it engage? What's going on oh, with the transmission? I, it might not be the actual transmission. It's got an interlock on it. And it's an electronic interlock that works with the side stand and the brakes. So what do you mean by in electric interlock? Okay, scooters, um, or the Japanese scooters, have interlocks on them. And the interlock's job is so you don't start it and just go shooting away in gear. So there's various things you have to do to make it go. Usually mm -hmm. stamp on the rear brake, right, right, right. make sure the side stands up, so on and so forth. That usually affects starting as opposed to going. Right. But this thing was such a technological marvel when it came out. And I should also point out the Bergman 650 <coughs> did not sell. It was a huge white elephant. The 400 right. sold, the 650 didn't. Right. Because there was just so much electronic stuff on it. Um, so you're saying somebody should buy it and bring it to your shop to have it repaired? Oh, dear God, I'd put a gun to my head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, you know what? Truthfully, for 300 bucks, it's worth the risk. 300 bucks and $20 it's, for a locksmith to make a key? If, if anything, it's worth 300 bucks to part it out and sell, sell the parts on eBay. Oh, heck yeah, because these yeah. things are so rare. I mean, I'm looking at it. And it looks pretty good. Plastics look okay, don't it? I saw one of those styled like a Hayabusa on Pacific Ave. <laughs> right on. I was there. I have pictures. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you know it's porn because for three hundred bucks you really can't go wrong. But do you think it's it's electrical? I I would I would put money that it's electrical. Okay. Um, okay. You know Suzuki make damn good scooters and the mechanics generally are very very good. 90% of the problems with Bergmans are electrical. Does it say how many miles are on it? No, it doesn't. Mm. But, I mean, I'm looking. It looks a low mileage bike. Yeah, you can tell just by looking at it. I was thinking it. maybe the belt could have could have shredded or something, and maybe Jim. that's why it's not going. But It'd be rare, rare, oh, rare. But look, right. at the, look, at, look at the bike bagel. That's a low mileage it was bike. A, it was salvage title, but it looks fine. Yeah, it looks great. Right. Yeah, I wonder, see. or could it be like the pulley or something, or clutch? The transmission went. Yeah, I mean, it could be anything, but at that kind of money, it's worth taking the risk. So bring it to Emma. Bring it to me. All yeah. right. I'll cool. save it. I'll bring it back. All right. All Josh. right, well, I think we're time to bring it back to Josh. He thought he was off the hot seat, but oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Josh and his fabulous complexion. It's time to what play. Is what is the seat called again? What's our, what's our special couch called, Emma? This is our special couch. couch. <laughs> this is the, the beautiful the pretty people It's couch. called the consent couch. <laughs> <laughs> And just so you know, Josh, the is safe the word is couch? Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. yeah the safe the word is don't couch. stop. Uh. <laughs> no, we tried that. That was a bad idea. <laughs> just so, ask Charlie. Uh, Josh, thanks again for coming down here. Now we get to ask about you as a motorcyclist and a person. Yeah, we're going to do a little get to know, get to know Josh. Josh. Yeah. Ooh, this sounds right. exciting. Bam, bam, bam. Get your questions ready, because I don't remember them. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> right. have How long have you been riding? There you go. There you go. Um, ten years. Yeah, I'm coming up on my ten year. Yeah. What are you currently riding? Um, I ride, well, I rode a uh, Yamaha R1 out today. My daily rider is a uh, Ducati Monster 696. Yeah. yeah. Wow. How did nice. you get into riding? So, uh... Moving to San Francisco, it was like an absolute pain in the ass to get around. Mm -hmm. And owning a car was like stupid expensive. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. What part of Nebraska did you come from? So I grew up in uh, <laughs> Millard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Everybody's heard of it? Cool. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's just west of Omaha. Yeah. And uh, so grew up kind of in around the Omaha area. Cool. Jim, how did you know he came from Nebraska? You know. 
Bad news, we, we had to go over the safe word earlier. What can I say? <laughs> Takes one to know one. <laughs> what was your first bike? Uh, it was a Ducati 848. Wow. Super sport. <laughs> oh, God damn. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, I just want to go with some small. Get used to it. Um, it was my brother's bike. He bought it. and So you're a me too. Yeah, totally. Got it. That was pretty much my whole life. Like with my older brother was just like, oh yeah, hey, I got his hand-me-down truck. I got his hand-me-down clothes. Now I got his hand-me-down motorcycle. It's a good bike to get handed down. Yeah. It's a, it's a good brother. Yeah, well, it wasn't necessarily hand-me-down. Uh, I had to buy it from him. But um, he put 200 miles on it and then like his second or third ride out, he put it down uh, and it it freaked him out I mean anybody that was also his first bike which I I look back and I'm like holy cow yeah um, and so when I was first riding it I was just like feathering the clutch yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like going 20 miles an hour watching scooters just blast by me <laughs> um, and I think the, the thing about it was it sat in this garage for a long time put on Craigslist for like seven thousand dollars and and then he left San Francisco. He's like, I'm going, Josh. You just make sure to sell the bike. I'm like, well, that's not my job. Like, get out of here. <laughs> um, so it sat in my garage for about a couple months. And I was like, dude, this isn't going to get sold. Because, one, I'm not going to take the time to go sell it. And, two, like, shipping it's going to cost you a boat boatload. Three, so. I want a bike to ride. Yeah. And so I was like, I'll I'll take it off your hands. So I bought it for four grand. Nice. Uh, nice. Yeah, dude. Nice. Totally. What you going to do about it, Price? If he hears the story, he's going to kill me. Don't but, talk like, about a bro deal. <laughs> yeah. It was more like, I'm only going to give you four grand. I'll give you four grand cash for it right now. And uh, so he's like, fine. You know, and just four grand or you can come back and sell it. Yeah, totally. And, uh, and so I rode that thing for a couple of years. Uh, put about fifteen thousand miles on it, and then sold it for seven grand. Nice, <laughs> yeah. nice, yes. Yeah. Nice. Made three grand on that bike, Sweet. and then we got the monster. So after you got laid down, did they make all the plastics nice again? And yeah, get I brought it, it into Desmodo. Okay, so it was mm-hmm. all nice and clean when you sold it. Yeah, it was awesome. Nice. Sweet. What's your longest ride? Oh, longest ride was down the one to L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, and back. That was a that was a really fun ride. The coast. Yeah, uh, but I want to get a. I want to do a cross country ride from like San Francisco to like Orlando, Florida, or something there like you that. Go. Totally, did you, did you yeah. do that in a day? Daytona. <laughs> you can do Not a fifty a cc. Yeah, iron butt, fifty hours. My my uh, my co founder Zach actually is arguably there's there's all your arguable record holders, but arguably the world record holder for the longest moped ride in history. From, oh really? From San Francisco to Tierra del Fuego, the southern oh, tip. Oh yes, South America. I've heard of those guys. Yeah, it, it, I didn't realize that was that was him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. How about what's your uh, top speed? Uh, one fifty-five. What? Wow. Indicated. Uh, indicated on, on the R one actually. Okay. Um, and I can I can we can go do it right now. Huh? Okay. Mm. You, you got to hold on tight. Though. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait, I'm I'm driving. <laughs> yeah. Doug, you want to ask your favorite question? Uh, well, I got a few favorite questions. Okay, okay. Uh, so what do you think it means to be an accomplished writer? And do you think you are one? What a tricky question. Um, yeah. So I don't think I'm an accomplished writer just yet. I think, well, yeah, I think to be an accomplished writer, you have to accomplish something maybe a little bit greater than just being like, I go to work every day on my <laughs> motorcycle. Yeah. Um, so if if I want to say like, hey, what is what does it take to be an accomplished rider? I think having a deep knowledge of motorcycles and and your bike specifically is helps you become an accomplished rider. I don't think there's ever a specific set of time. Um, 
And depending on your purpose, I think you can be an accomplished rider. If you're a daily commuter, it's probably tougher to be an accomplished rider versus a racer or a dirt biker or something like that. Or a builder. Yeah, or a builder. And I actually think that's a great point. I think builders are actually very much accomplished riders because they know the ins and outs of their bike. They Mm -hmm. know when something's going on. And they can work on their own bikes. That's exactly right. Mike's a builder. So (laughs) He's a chopper, not a builder. (laughs) He's a deconstructionist. (laughs) All right, so we have to get to our... Favorite question that you have not been prepared for? I, I actually I did prepare. Did you? Okay, oh, good. You did. <clears throat> okay. So, what is your up the butt bike? Yeah. So um, I'm just going to preface that my understanding of what up, up the butt bike was, so so the knock didn't just prepare me with the wrong thing. But it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like I'm like oh yeah there just a, yeah totally um, a super cup. Um, <laughs> so now you know you'll find out why the couch got its name. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so it was like hey what's the what kind of bike would it would you like to to totally take it up the butt for? Um, and you don't have to like I don't it. necessarily know if there's a bike out there today that would be like over the top. It would have to be custom. But yeah. the one bike that really got me excited back in the day uh, was the was the motorcycle from the anime Akira. You know, the hey, oh, hell yeah. yeah. No, that's a good one. Dude, that one's dope. There's a there's a real life one. Is there? The guy built one to take around, uh, I believe, Japan to do fundraising. Yeah. Yeah. I it's mean, just a giant scooter. It's a giant scooter, but it, it looks identical to yeah. the movie. The thing looked sick. I mean, just watching like the the um, like lightning go around the yeah, wheel and she sure. just oh, yeah. like blasts through the other biker gangs in that movie. I'm like, it's oh, a great oh, movie, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So that's that's my up, up the butt bike. Cool. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you. Um, I wanted to share with everyone, a lot of you here in the room haven't heard this yet. And I normally don't read reviews that we get, uh, unless they're scathing. <laughs> like this. So if we, got, <laughs> we got hate mail, yeah, we like We like the scathing ones. But we got one that was so well written, and it actually touched me in my special place, which is That's my heart. Disgusting. Like, no, my run, heart. no run on sense. <laughs> I don't enough. know what you guys are thinking. In the, in the V um, place? No. <laughs> no, this really did touch me, and I want to share this because I thought this was pretty cool. Um, unfortunately, because it's a, a review on iTunes, we don't know who the person is. Just the name Siege12. So, Siege, if you're listening, thank you so much. Um, titled a podcast that is well worth it um says if you're checking the reviews to see if this podcast is worth it let me go ahead and tell you it is if you like motorcycles or even just have a slight curiosity towards them give it a listen it's a group of people you've never met who make you feel like you're part of something bigger just by listening to them you become interested in their well-being as you learn both about them and parts of the motorcycle world you find yourself happy for people you've never met just by listening to how excited they are that they didn't break something in a milk crate chariot race. <laughs> if you ride and don't understand the depths of maintaining a motorcycle, but know the basics of motorcycles, this podcast also does something amazing. It allows you to gain a better understanding of motorcycles in a way that doesn't feel taught. You suddenly start to understand the mechanical side of things better, and it helps in making you a better rider. This group of misfits sitting in a garage in sunny Santa Cruz 
is the best motorcycle podcast out there, and don't be surprised if you listen to it and start wondering what new bike Cat will bring to the garage. <laughs> or if you suddenly get the urge to cruise hard down to the garage just to see if you can avoid getting dicked by the boss herself. Yeah. <laughs> like the three blind mice today. You become, yeah, you become invested in both motorcycle culture and not that real, the real Klein, not that SOA bullshit, and a group of people you probably will never meet, but look forward to their adventures every Monday morning on your boring commute to work. Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh, that is so sweet. Oh, I'm, I'm patting myself. Like, really, yeah. really <laughs> vigorously. My elephant's waving its trunk. No, you won't even mention out, knock. <laughs> <laughs> so well, that, was, that was really heart touching. Thank you. Thank that you. was cool. Yeah, really thank cool. you so thank much. You. Appreciate it. So we've got a lot of emails. We're not going to be able to get to all of them. So I want to just hit a couple of them. Um, not. can you read the shortest one I gave you? Yeah. <laughs> All right. This one's from Richard Sando Jr. Uh, his question is, is the KTM 390-690 Duke the best bike in those classes for the money? KTM 690 So my question is, what else, what else is in the class for the... Th- the well, 390 690 Duke. The 690 would be considered a middleweight. So like a yes. 600cc, a SV650, right. uh, a, uh, maybe a, a Bandit 600, right. something like that. R6. An R6, yeah. FC6. Sure. Um, um, in my opinion, the European bikes have a very special place. Yes. Um, and they don't necessarily do anything better than the Japanese bikes. If you just arbitrarily say a KTM 690 is better than SV650, you're kind of missing the point. They bring something very different. And in the sea of SV650s, if you want to stand out, you get a KTM. Is it, in reality, a better bike? That's a very objective question. It's a more expensive bike. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you said better for the money. Yeah. yeah. No, you, when you're saying for the money, that takes it out. You, if yeah. you say, is it the best bike? It may Probably. actually be one of the best yeah. bikes. Best bike for the money? No. Yeah, I mean, weight to power ratio 690 would probably be pretty awesome. But as right. far as like maintenance, uh, parts availability, uh, daily use, and maybe the SV650 or a Bandit 600 because they're ubiquitous might be a better deal yeah. for you yeah they, even even which bike it is if it's your first bike right that's one thing you you never know right you you ride 600 cc's and next thing you know you got the itch for an 800 or a thousand right right um and that might change out so if you have a, if you have a ktm maybe resale value would be would pop into that but i think suzuki sv650 or a bandit i am such a bandit really fiend. They're a great oh bike. god they're fantastic oh Bandits are wonderful bikes. So, yeah, if you're comparing it, I mean, like the SV650 would probably be the best bike right. for the buck. I'd say. But yeah. KTMs are great bikes. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, and the 390 yeah. line, too, where it kind of falls maybe the top of the food chain of, like, the 250 class, 300 class Japanese marquees, you know? Oh, yeah. So The 390 is a really cool bike. Again, yeah. when you say bang for the buck, you're changing the whole question here right right but they are cool bikes and they are hitting a market that not a lot of people are hitting for that 400 cc little performance thing mm-hmm. so that's pretty cool uh doug you have an email how are you doing this to me this thing is this. freaking three quarters of a page uh from charles uh he says hi, hi. Uh, he says my name is cj and i'd like and like you're probably somewhat sick of hearing I found your podcast because of Ride with Norman Reedus no actually we don't ever get sick of that so let us know 
Uh, I'm currently listening to two sections at one time. He says he has a hard time keeping track because uh, he's listening to older podcasts and newer podcasts at the same time. He's wondering how Liza is both riding motorcycles in Pakistan and visiting guys in Portland. <laughs> uh, he says he's got uh, he's had some problems getting on the road, but recently he's the long distance relationship has turned into a, an upcoming marriage. So, and, uh, Congratulations! Yeah, nice. House buying Congrats. and wedding means that riding is back on the table. So he says he's a big dude. Harley's fit him, but he finds a he found a Triumph Bonneville and fell in love. Um, yeah, it's a good one to fall. He in says love he with. looks like a bear riding one of the back of Cat's mini bikes. Has <laughs> 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 that thing? Uh, one question for the group: um, Do you like barbecue sauce? Yes. 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 He's only, a, he's only a food, on ice cream. He's a food blogger, uh, and uh, he wants to send us some barbecue sauce. To show his appreciation for how awesome the show is. And eight millimeter sockets. Uh, my yeah. second <laughs> Yeah, eight millimeter sockets, yeah. Exactly. My second question is when it comes down to a larger man touring across the country with a budget of under four thousand dollars, which bikes would be a good idea to look towards? He is thinking a V Strom six fifty yes, or right. one thousand or an early two thousands BMW. I got an I get a one K. Do you have any yeah. suggestions? Love the podcast and look forward to hearing from you. Well, CJ, I got this Jixer seven fifty you can have for like 700 bucks <laughs> yeah for four thousand dollars you can get a v-strom that should be right. good to go you shouldn't oh, have any problems for four thousand dollars a bmw may have problems yeah you're gonna <laughs> be it's entry level money for a bmw god i'm gonna upset so many people right that's now. all right but that's why you're here v-strom 650 is a far sweeter bike than a v-strom thousand yeah mm -hmm. Hate to, I hate today. to say it, because yeah. a V-Strom 1000 is a very accomplished bike, but God, that 650 is so sweet. Um, yeah. And it's just a nicer running bike. Sorry. Yep. V-Strom 1000 owners, I love you. I love your bikes. Um, but the 650 is sweeter. Sorry. Or mm -hmm. a Versus 650. Or a Bandit. <laughs> oh, yeah, four thousand. You're getting into the used versus uh, right. versus um which I've toured on mine. It works yeah. really Is good. it versus or Versailles? Versa versus 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 versus. I'm not sure. But those are both really comfortable. I think bikes. it's versus. Yeah, and and I love BMWs, but BM when you're talking years. at that dollar amount, <laughs> at that dollar amount, you're not getting a. You're getting no, a bike that's at the end of its cycle. Right, right, right. So it's 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 a four grand for a BM Trouble U is entry, <laughs> entry, entry level. That's entry exactly. level. Bring like more buying a seventy six Goldwing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Bagel, what do you got? So I have an email from uh, Jimbo titled Awesome Opossum. Uh, mm -hmm. He says, first heard about the podcast after the ride episode, and it was by far one of the best segments on the entire series. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, Thank you. you. Uh, it's great to see that there are other people out there with a similar mindset about bikes as me. I live across the country in Bristol, Virginia, which, by the way, I looked it up. It is right in the southwest corner of Virginia within riding distance of the Blue Ridge Parkway and Tail mm. of the Dragon. Yeah. Beautiful riding area of the country. Uh, and he says, and all 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 he out here, all there is is old fat Harley riders that rev the engine a dozen times at every red light. Yep, it's still running. I've been riding for about seven years now, and my first bike was a POS Chinese Baja Dirt Runner 125 oh, dirt bike nice. that I had to fix night from day fix had to fix right from day one every day after that. 
Okay, so there it, was an advantage there. It was a learning experience, no doubt. Um, it was a fun experience, though, but I learned a lot. Uh, since then, I've owned several different bikes, a Honda Elite 80, Yamaha AT2, Ninja 250, SV650, and at the moment, an XT225, GS550, Honda Hawk 400, and a Gorelli moped. Yeah, out nice here, Yeah, and he says, out here, I'm an, I'm an oddball, and I don't fit in with any of the bike crowds, and I love listening to the podcast, and it makes me feel like less of a weirdo. Or maybe more of a weirdo, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Keep up the awesome work. I ordered a shirt and will wear it proudly as all the Harley guys turn up their noses at me and all the sport, sport bike riders tear ass by, by my little bikes. Thanks, Jim. Awesome. Thank you. We got so many more emails. Um, we were getting so many emails, we don't have time to read them all, but we're going to try and get through Boo. them. But um, I wanted to say real quick, since Zach's not here, and I'm sure no one else knows how to... Uh, recite all of our contact info i'm just going to say hey go ahead and go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com and there you will find our links to our patreon page i want to say a big thanks to all of our patreon uh supporters there um you can also buy a t-shirt there you can link to our youtube page our facebook page our email to contact us you'll find it all there at motorcyclesandmisfits.com do make sure you check out our youtube page there because mike's been putting up a new video every week and i think our visit to bolt is going to be featured on this week's video nice watch me blaze past that car man I was moving. And do you want to tell people how they can leave a voicemail for us, too? So you can leave a voicemail at 831-291-5112. So we haven't uh, done this in a while. I'd like people to leave a voicemail and tell us what their up-the-butt bike is. Yeah. We need some more of those. We do. We haven't been getting enough of that. Um (laughs) Josh, it's been too much dick. We need some more ass. Did that flaccid <laughs> penis that you picked up last week, whatever, wow. I think it was flying around the yard today like crazy. <laughs> well, it looks disgusting, by the way. Be oh, there it is. That thing just, oh. Well, real quick, not, I have to oh. say, when uh, after you sat on me naked and smothered me with it. your cheeks and went it. running yeah. out of the garage, I reached over and I grabbed that and I just flung it out the garage at you. <laughs> Uh, a little while later, I went to go look for it to retrieve it, and I oh, couldn't find it I anywhere. <laughs> you know where it had gone? Uh, James's Triumph that he's coming to pick up tonight, it had gotten lodged into the engine. Oh, my I God. Thought someone, I thought someone shoved it in there. That's how hard you threw it at me? I whipped it, and it went in his engine. I'm so glad I went looking for it. Otherwise, he went out a melted dick awesome. all over his engine. Oh that would have been horrible. That is not yeah, that covered under warranty. No mention that our good friend Yuri Berrigan is leaving to go to Isle of Man. Yeah, yes. Yuri. Go to Isle of Man uh, uh, like Tuesday morning. I think he leaves at like 3 a.m. So he's cool. going to be there for a few weeks. Wish uh, him luck, up. He's riding a ZX4, like a 93 ZX4. Yeah. Wow. Give so, him hell, brother. Yeah, good yeah. We'll be rooting for We're you. We'll be following him and we'll get uh, at least a couple ride reports when he gets back. So cool. be really Check out Yuri online. Yeah, yeah, Mike, isn't he going to be sending you some uh, updates to post? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah, we've been able to hear you all the time. <laughs> oh, you're so fucked up. I, I had no vaping. idea. Hear you, you know, you guys over there. are all fucked I, dude, I told up. you it was you know, on. Now that I am on, I'm going to tell you something. Hey, you got a popsicle? It smells I'm like, not done listen, yet. It smells like balls in here. I'm not done yet. <laughs> all right? Balls <laughs> of steel. Go ahead and mute him. Oh, God, you hit him uh, with a... You are now muted, Mike. So I wasn't done. For those of you who can actually watch Isla Man 
<laughs> Yuri Sorry. will be number 90. On nice. a green yeah, yeah, so Yuri, Yuri is going to send Mike raw footage. Mike's going to produce it and put it on the YouTube page. So if you want to check out Yuri That's rocking right. and rolling over there. Sweet. For those of you who don't know, Yuri Berrigan was the gentleman last year who qualified and finished as the first person to ever ride a supermoto at Isle of Man TT. Yeah. Like yes. a boss. I'm sorry, uh, Manx. Yeah, yeah Manx. Manx GP. So um, Manx GP. if you want to follow him, he's number 90. Awesome. All right. Good so luck, Yuri. I think that wraps it up. I think we're ready to get out of here. Wait, wait, anyone no have any more announcements? Yeah. Oh. Yes, Three Peaks Challenge is next Saturday, yes. August 6th, I think it is. Yep. Saturday, August 6th, leaving from San Jose at like 8 a.m. in the morning. Cool. And just remember, if you want to check out uh, Josh's bikes, it's going to be boltmotorbikes.com. I'll also put a link in our show notes. And I also posted the uh, link to the Facebook event for the Three Peaks Challenge on the Recycle page. So if anybody Great. wants to go on there, just go on Facebook and you'll find it on there. Cool. I think we're ready to get out of here. Thanks again, everyone, for listening and again for the reviews. Yeah. That is so amazing. I love the love we're getting. Yay. <laughs> I actually go over and show it to my mom. Like, like I still don't get that Like <laughs> my mom like approves of anything I do. And I'll go, look at this review I got. They yeah, like she, me. They she'll she'll like really me. Like She's still trying to figure out why your electricity bill's so fucking high. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wrapping up. This is Liza. Douglas. Mm-hmm. Bagel. Naked Jim. This is Doc. Charlie. Josh. Uh, cheerio from Emma. Isaac. <laughs> Allison. Mike. And we are out of here. Cool. cool. cool.